Welcome to the 6AM Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6AM Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6AMRun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 6AM Run Podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisant. As always, it is great to have you here. The show is brought to you by 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So um, I didn't get my 6AM Run in this morning. I actually got a 7.30am Run, so... Um, I was at the gym at six, so I got it in. So I hope you got yours in. Um, I hope you're doing well. Um, and you've probably noticed a lot in the last couple shows or the last part of the seasons that we've been talking a lot about either holistic medicine, holistic nutrition, but a lot about microbiomes, a lot about gut health. And uh, just so people know, I know the adage is out there, the you know, best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I'm going to say the best way to good health is also through the stomach. I've been learning a lot and I'm going to learn even more as we have Dr. Rosemary Rutecki on the call with us, on the show with us today. That is R-U-T-E-C-K-I if you're looking for her online. Dr. Rosemary, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our audience? Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. I am Dr. Rosemary Ruteki, and I am a pharmacist. And now I do functional medicine. So I got board certified on functional medicine. So that's my love. And that's what I do right now. You got board certified. So you you have a good, you know, you have a good job as a, as a pharmacist, but you wanted to kind of branch out and do some um, additional work to help people with their health and wellness. What made you decide to do that? Well, you know, life works on mysterious ways, right? And uh, I have children. And then children, I believe, are the reason why we continue growing and learning and do different things. So <clears throat> I, um, when I was doing pharmacy, after I had the kids, I stay at home with them. Uh, well, they, you know, raise them, growing and all that. But I continue reading and learning and doing a lot of things. And then when my son was born, my daughter got uh, very um, kind of like sad, right? Because I think she felt like we, we forgot about her because someone else came to the, to the family. So she took it really hard and she was like, mom, please return him. I don't want him. And I'm like, well, he's here. We can't do anything about it. So for her, that was a, you know, a transition. And then she moved to another classroom and then all of a sudden she stopped talking. And then I, you know, talked to the pediatrician. I'm like, you know, she's not talking at school. Is that something normal? Something that we should worry about? I never deal with a situation like that. She's like, don't worry, that's a face. And I'm like, oh, I trust my pediatrician for so many years. He has, you know, he was actually the doctor that did my home birth. So, you know, very knowledgeable person. And I'm like, okay. So, but that continued for over a year. And I'm like, this is not normal. When a kid cannot talk to other kids, there's a problem. So I started researching and then I found something that is called selective mutism. So selective mutism is an anxiety disorder that affects a lot of children and they, it's, they are so scared that they cannot talk, right? They're just fearful. So at home, she was very vivacious. She was talking and very normal child. But when she gets out of the house and she's with people that she doesn't know, she will stop talking. So a lot of these kids are mis- uh, diagnosed with autism or other conditions, and they're medicated sometimes, right? And they're put in classrooms with kids that have learning disabilities, when in reality, they are just scared. It's, it's an anxiety disorder. So I started reading a lot. I have a lot of friends that are psychologists. Not that many people know how to deal with that. So I pretty much learned, studied, and created a program to help her, you know, 
to, to talk. And that whole process took me about a month and she started talking again. And I'm like, okay, we, we got it. But then I noticed that she started kind of like coming back to the fear again. So I always wanted to find like why, you know, why she's having that. So that's where I come to the root cause approach. So I wanted to find the root cause of her anxiety, why she's anxious, why she's scared. We did all the cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, we learned how to talk to her. I taught all the teachers, this is the way you're going to communicate with her so she can start talking. So everywhere we go, the, 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 athletic teachers, the everywhere, you know, I train everybody. You're going to talk to her like that and she's going to talk to you and that's going to make her feel relaxed and that's it. Uh, but then I discovered it was not, it was something more. So there's a big connection with the gut microbiome and your brain. So a lot of people that have a lot of anxiety, depression, you know, they, they don't feel good. <clears throat> their root cause could be their gut microbiome. So I started learning about the gut microbiome. I started learning about other genetic mutations and I found functional medicine. So I found a practitioner to help us, right? To figure out how I can support her. And then she helped all of us. I was also having some health issues at that time. Uh, but I thought that, you know, normal, I, I will have to deal with these things. Uh, and she's like, no, we can help you with this. I can help your husband. I can help everyone. And I'm like, great. So she helped us. I learned so much that I asked her, where do you study all this? You know, I want to learn. And she's like, well, I did my, my training with the Institute of, of Functional Medicine. And I'm like, great. So that's how everything started. So my kid brought me to where I am right now. And she's great. She doesn't have any issues. She does, she's not anxious. But we're working, we working a lot of things, right? Diet, nutrition, exercise, everything so now she's just you know she doesn't she remembers that she was scared but i never told her like oh you have selective mutism you know and never label her as that she has a diagnose we work around it and then now she's fine and this is that, that's, that's that's a great story and i just want to ask like and is it just you have the two kids is that how many you have i got two, two kids. kids and how old two. was she when this started she was uh, two and a half. So you, <laughs> I hate to make light of it, but you know, it's, it's funny, a two and a half year old that doesn't talk all the time, like immediately, like I would think like we, we got it. Yeah, we got to do, we got to do something <laughs> like my, no, and she was talking. Yeah. She was talking and you know, she's like, she's an athlete. Mm. She just like in sports, mm. she excels on everything. Mm. And uh, it was just when she was going to school. Mm or she was encountering new people. So that's when we were like, well, maybe it's a face. Maybe she's shy, right? But that's why it's so difficult to help these kids. And a lot of kids, they grow as adults like that. They can't have conversations. So that when, when I find out what she had, uh, I went to a conference in Chicago. And then there was so many parents there with adults or adolescent kids with selective mutism. And everybody was crying in the room, I remember. And I'm like, this cannot be the life for my daughter, right? I need to fix this. She needs to be able to communicate. That's something that is so normal, right? Like we should be able to talk to people without fear. And I want her to have a normal life. That was my whole goal, to get her to a place where she's normal. I, uh, I think this is, um, <laughs> you know, regardless if our, our children are, are going through something like, like your child went through or if we perceive them as living a, a, a normal, active, healthy life, I think this is a great reminder that it's still important that the things we do with them while they're young will mold them into the, you know, teenagers, young adults and adults and parents that they become. And I think that is great that anybody listening, you know, this is just a reminder that the, the, uh, the food we give them, the attention we give them, the, you know, the household that we raise them in, the, you know, the emotional support we give them all helps. Like they all retain, they retain all of this stuff. And I think it, it, all, it, of it. all of it, and they're just sponges, they're malleable, they're, it's just, it's amazing how much you just watch them grow in, in front of your eyes. And, and but at the same time, like you're not always 
when I say you're, I'm generalizing and really mean me. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not always like when I, I'll tell you right now, when I see my girls in front of me, like I have to stop sometimes and think like, man, I, they're, I'm molding them. Like they're taking stuff from me. Like what I do, what I say, my reaction to things right now is is molding their their future so i think that this is a great reminder to people regardless of what your child is regardless if you think they're living a great life like still make sure you you raise them with intention now um i will say this you said something in there which which i've heard more and more people start to talk about is the connection between gut health and brain health and yes um I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you right now, like from, from the, the first memories I have to like right now, I don't remember anyone really expressing that to me as growing up, like what your gut is doing, how your stomach is working, how your intestines, large intestines is digesting things, the things we're putting in them, your, the acid in your stomach. You know, all that stuff, because I, I as a young adult, I had very bad acid reflux and I don't have it anymore. But I never heard anybody talking about the connection, um, kind of talk about what the connection is and why it's so important. The gut brain connection is so important because they all, the gut microbiome is the combination of gut friendly bacteria that we have, viruses, that ecosystem that lives inside of us, right? We have like an, another world of organisms living in our gut and they communicate with our brain and they do different functions. They digest the food, they absorb the nutrients. These um, organisms also help us with our immune system. So every time that we take antibiotics, uh, prescription medications or anti-acid medications or pain medications, we, you know, we're super stressed, high cortisol levels, uh, eating tons of processed foods, eating, uh, drinking a lot of alcohol, all these things impact our gut flora, right? So if this commensal flora, the one that lives there, starts dying, we start feeling the effects of that. So if, you know, you take after you take an antibiotic, it could take anything from six to two years to repopulate that flora, right? So imagine, and I was a child that was pretty much growing up on antibiotics back in the 80s, you know, you got a, you had a fever, antibiotic, your throat hurt, antibiotic, you know, so I have, I was constantly on antibiotics. So imagine my flora, right? I used to have so much chronic constipation and it was not only, you know, a couple of years ago that I was able to, to repopulate and feel better because back then, you know, you just eat whatever. I remember you eat fast food, although in Puerto Rico, you eat a lot of like rice, beans, and, you know, we eat a lot from home, but we also were eating out tons of processed foods. Uh, we didn't know back then, like you say, the importance of nurturing your gut and the, the responsibility that your gut has for our health, right? 80% of our immune system is in our gut microbiome. About 80% of the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, it's made in the gut microbiome. So the gut microbiome has so many things for us, so protecting us from uh, diseases. So a lot of people that, you know, when the, we had the pandemic, a lot of people uh, very sadly were not able to recuper recuperate or die. And then there's studies linking a poor gut microbiome, low bifidobacterium, you know, certain species uh, can, you know, increase your mortality rate if you don't have a strong gut microbiome. The same with autoimmune conditions. There's a big connection between autoimmune disorders and gut microbiome deficiencies and leaky gut. So when we have leaky gut, the membranes of our intestines are more permeable. They're, they're permeable because we want uh, nutrients to go, you know, through the membranes to our bloodstream. But when those membranes open up more, then we are letting out things that are supposed to be excreted to come out to our circulation. So let's say you have some bacteria that are bad bacteria or parasites or food particles are now having access to your bloodstream because you have leaky gut. So now your immune system is going to be like 
what are you doing here? You know, you're an intruder. I'm going to start attacking. So that creates an, an immune response. So your body starts attacking your own body. And that also creates an inflammatory response. And all that's going to affect your brain. So your gut, you have so many nerves going from the gut to the brain. There's more than from the brain to the gut. All that enteric nervous system. So our body is going to feel all that as soon as the gut microbiome is on balance. It's kind of like a castle. So if you break that castle, intruders and all those things will start like, you know, coming in and then it will destroy us. So we have to protect. And I always tell people we have to eat for the gut before we eat for pleasure. Right. We eat for, oh, I'm uh, I'm craving this. And that's the way I used to eat. You know, I you know I never have any weight issues. So I'm blessed with that. So I will eat whatever, right? It was not like, oh, I have to be on a diet or thing. Uh, and now that the research is so strong, like you go to PubMed and there's tons of studies about the gut microbiome, tons of research about eating fiber, fermented foods, uh, lowering your cortisol with meditation or, you know, things that we can do to feel better uh, and other lifestyle things. The more we learn, the more data we have, we're finding like, yes, we have to make the gut microbiome a priority. And for so many chronic diseases, the root cause is the gut microbiome. I would I would ask people to, to go back and just listen to the last three to four minutes of what Dr. Rosemary said, because there's so many things in there that can, I'm not gonna say, immediately help you but all, like close to it like you if you start eating with that with your gut in mind intention. yeah that intention in your yes. gut in mind like it changes so many things for you and um and secondly you should go back and listen because i don't think i've heard anybody say serotonin the way that you said it it was it was it was great it was awesome and you mentioned rice and beans and i got immediately hungry because i thought about how good that is from puerto rico i'm like oh man she had to mention those but um um and i i digress i went off there i apologize but um I, I think I, I want to say this to the people listening because I want people to truly understand that. Um, and I've mentioned this before in the last few shows is that in, in the world we live in now where you can go on, you can open your phone and within 30 seconds, you're getting absolutely incorrect health information that is presented as fact. And then yes. you're left with like, oh, I didn't know I should be doing that and the whole time you really shouldn't but when people talk about you know cortisol le levels and mm -hmm. um, this is one of the most important things that people can do to really change a lot about themselves in regard to hormones um, stress level um, you know uh, fatigue, sleep, all that stuff, because a lot of the world, and let's be honest, like the world we live in now, every day something is happening where people are getting stressed. And it might be thousands of miles away from them. It might not affect them. It might, but the brain immediately goes to, you know, fight, freeze or flight. And cortisol spikes. And you know what we do? A lot of us, what we do is we get scared and we sit down we eat a big meal we eat a sweet we do something so not only is the cortisol spiking <laughs> now we're putting bad stuff into our body now we feel terrible about ourselves now our waistline yes. is going up and now our mental health is declining and you see where everybody you see where i'm going with this but just yeah it's one of those things where please like you know if you wouldn't mind you mention the meditation what are what are some things that you use and other people can use for stress relief? So for stress relief, that's what I tell people, we can't make stress disappear, mm -hmm. right? It's gonna be there. Um, and we are meant to leave different situations in our life as learning experiences. So some people, uh, I believe that God doesn't give you anything that you cannot oh, my, I only, let me Hold on, let me stop you real quick because <clears throat> my mother used to tell me that all the time 
And that's like, that's the, I, I apologize for stopping you because once you, once you started saying what you said, <laughs> like I could hear my mother's voice. So I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Go on. Okay. So, well, I hope it was a good it was, it was Yes, it was. Definitely much. was. Okay, good. So, so I'm a believer on that. And then when you have that mindset that, you know, what you're supposed to go through, it's part of the life experience that is going to make you stronger, right? Like working on that mindset, then you work on, okay, so how can I address the situation by helping my body to be on a stress of relaxation, at least a couple of minutes a day or an hour a day where I can disconnect myself and let that parasympathetic nervous system do its job. Okay, because we have the sympathetic nervous system where it's the flight or fight when we need to, you know, if there's a lion, we need to run. The problem with our society is that we are living every single moment of our day with a lion behind us. So we are in sympathetic mode. We're releasing tons of cortisol all the time. So if you notice, there's a lot of issues with people with hormone issues, right? Like low testosterone in males, a lot of problems with female hormones like low estrogen, also low testosterone, low progesterone. And where we make all our hormones all come from our mother of hormones, which is pregnenolone. We, we need cholesterol to make pregnenolone. Pregnenolone is made out of our cells. And then pregnenolone gets converted into a pathway either goes towards cortisol or either goes to sex hormones. So if we're always on a state of stress, we're going to be making cortisol. And then the sex hormones are going to be here talking to pregnenolone like, hey, are you going to make something? We're just like, we're running low, <laughs> right? And then pregnenolone is like, well, you know, it's cortisol down there. She needs a lot. She needs a lot right now. So I, I don't have time for you sex hormones. So that's when people start having, you know, as we get more stress, we have more abdominal fat, uh, we <clears throat> start having more diseases, you know, for females, low estrogen can lead to heart diseases, osteoporosis, for men, low testosterone, the same, you know, they start getting belly weight, they start losing hair in, the, in their legs, in their, you know, so those are signs of low testosterone, low libido, fatigue, tiredness. And that is all coming from stress. So that's how bad stress is for us. So what I tell people, it's like, take a break, go for a walk. We have disconnected ourselves from at least your audience. They run, mm -hmm. you know, and if they're running outside, they are enjoying the benefits of being on earth, on the sun, good circadian rhythm. That's another, that would be mm -hmm. another day for topic of conversation. But we are not in connection with the earth. So if we're not connecting with earth, our stress levels are going to be elevated, right? Meditating, praying, have shown studies how good it is to balance our stress response. And since we're talking about gut health, we're not going to be able to have rest or digest that happen in a relaxed state. So if you want to absorb the nutrients, digest your food, start that process of you know, a, having a good, healthy gut microbiome, you have to be in a parasympathetic state. So if you are not relaxed, your gut microbiome is not happy. I, I think there, uh, and to add to that, you know, there's certain conversations that there's still stigma attached to it. And it's like, it's funny to think about, it. it's 2023 and everyone talks about everything you think, but like there's still the stigma, of course, you know, you, you don't have political conversations, you don't have sexual conversations, you don't talk about your sex life, you don't talk about mental health, you don't, you don't do it. And it's funny, people don't talk about gut health because I think, I mean, let's be honest, like we have to talk about what's coming out of our body. Like we have to do that, like right. that. And, but I always thought it was, is funny. I, I do, I still think it's funny is that Every, like just, just like the children's book, every everybody poops. Like it's like everyone does it. We all oh, poop. exactly. And but the thing about this is that it can tell you so much about what's going on in your body. Um, because you you mentioned earlier about the antibiotics. I, you know, I've had strep a couple times as an adult, and you know that's a terrible. I I absolutely hate strep. I would. I would rather like lose a limb than have strep, but not really. But strep is terrible, and if you've had strep is pretty bad, especially for adults. Oh God, it's terrible. As an as a kid, I never had strep or RSV. As an adult, I've had both. Why? I don't know. But oh, because I have kids, that's why. Um, but 
I do appreciate the fact that with RSV, I, I know exactly what you mean, because even with RSV in the past, a doctor would have given you antibiotics. And it's like, exactly. it wouldn't, it just does nothing. It's doing nothing but killing your gut bacteria. Um, and of course, the doctor at this time was like, it's a virus, you know, it's going to go through your body and you'll be fine. But, um, you know, in the work that you do, and I think more people should do what you're doing because people need to have these conversations. Like, why have, have you found that people are becoming more open to talking about it? Or is it still something that it's like, hey, you know, Rosemary, we want you to come over. Please don't talk about poop again. Like, just we, we can you not do that? Or, or, like, are you seeing more openness? Because this is, this is stuff that we need to talk about. Yes. Well, so far, people want to talk about it, right? I, and I, that's all I talk all day with my kids. That I even ask them, how many times you went? Did you poop today? How many times did you poop? How was your poop? Right? We I like them to describe it too. So it's a part of our normal conversation. And, you know, with my clients too, I ask them, how's your bowel movements? How many times are going to the bathroom? It's floating. How big it is? You know, because those are, you know, they... It can tell me so much things about their gut health or what's happening, right? So it's important to talk about gut health. And I think people are more open to it and, and we have to make it, you know, you may, you also mentioned about our, our sex, sexuality, our hormones. And a lot of people that come to me, they have um, gut issues. And I also ask them, how's your menstrual cycle? How are your periods? It's like people don't ask that. And there's also a big connection between your menstrual you know, periods and your gut microbiome. So when we fix the gut microbiome, a lot of my clients, they stop having the painful cramps or PMS or breast tenderness that they used to have. So that's how powerful is the gut also to balance our hormones. So it's, uh, yeah, so they're surprised. Like, why are you asking about my period? I'm here for gut health. And I'm like, it's all connected, all connected. right? Uh, I ask them, are you anxious? Are you, you know, how are your emotions? And they tell, also tell me. And then all those things, the beauty about working in the gut microbiome is that people come because they want to fix their gut and then they leave with a transformation. They leave feeling more happy, sleeping better, hormone issues, balance. So that's the power of the gut. And, and I want to ask you this because, um, and if you, it, honestly, if, if you can't answer or don't feel comfortable answering i understand it but I, in regard to diet like mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about you know diet little d i'm talking about <laughs> you know big d which people eat like when when you have people come to you and, and you're you're helping them out assisting them with with their their lifestyles like do you see a difference in like the people who you see have a you know, a high carb diet or a protein based diet or people who have a lot of dairy and milk, like it, I hope I'm asking it correctly. Like, but do you see differences in people who may enjoy a lot of cheese versus people who may, you know, have protein and, and rice every day? Do you see those differences in your clients? Well, it depends. When I start working with people, I, I believe in a balanced diet that you have good amount of protein, good amount of carbs, and good amount of fats. Uh, when, start, when I start working with people, I put them uh, on foods that will lower their inflammation. Because people, you know, when you have gut issues or, you know, you're depressed or your hormones are out of whack or you have an autoimmune condition, that all's coming from inflammation in the body, right? So what I like is turning down the fire by putting people on foods that will create that, you know, lowered inflammation. And then we start adding things up, right? Because we all, um, some people will do really good in certain foods and some people will do really good with others. So then we start the process of, okay, let's start reintroducing things into your diet again and see what your body says. Your gut microbiome has a big influence also on how you're going to digest the foods and if the gut microbiome likes it or not. And also, if someone is very um, weak and frail and has a lot of leaky gut, we have to focus on the healing that leaky gut so then you can tolerate more food. So once that happens, you're going to do better. Like, for example, in my case, 
uh, I had to stop eating gluten. I got to stop eating dairy because my gut was so inflamed and I was so constipated that I had to take some foods out. Um, gluten is something that I tell people to stay away from it because most of us are really um, is sensitive to it. And gluten is a, is a protein that we cannot digest. And then if you have leaky gut, then that molecule either will escape to our system and the body starts attacking it or it stays in the lining of this testing and the gut is going to attack that molecule, okay? So, and also the, the gluten here, the wheat here in the States, it's very different from the gluten in Europe. So a lot of people that have celiac, they go to Europe and they can, you know, they, they don't die. They have gluten here and they, have a, they, they do really very bad. And that's what happened to me. I'm not celiac, but I'm really gluten sensitive. And I tell people, you know, just take things out. There's some things that we take out, we put back and then let your body decide. Uh, with dairy, I have been experimenting with um, for over a year now with some raw dairy uh, that I get from a farm directly. And, and now I can have dairy. But before I couldn't have regular dairy because the process of posterization and all that, it kills the enzymes. You know, it kills the lactase. It kills all the immunoglobulins, all the good stuff from the milk. So then you're left with an anti, with an inflammatory fluid that for some people creates a lot of inflammation. So that's why doing a personalized approach is the most important thing. And now when people go, they see like, oh, paleo is better, carnivore is better, keto is better, you know, vegan is better, right? And I, I went through that train too. I was like, oh, I'm going to try it all and see. But the reality is that what they all have in common is that they stop eating processed foods. That's why people, when they do all these diets, they get better, right? And they believe that that's what happened. And then, but I tell people what every, what all those diets have in common is that they, people stop eating processed foods, you know, like high sugary diets, probably they stop drinking alcohol, right? They got very committed into the plan and they got really good, but you can do the same and you don't have to take out all the food groups, right? You don't have to restrict yourself so much. You can eat a really good balanced diet, lower the inflammation, and then slowly maybe introducing things that you were not able to eat, bring them back to your diet. So that's the approach that I follow. I just want to, um, to say I, I appreciate everything you just said because people go back and listen to the conversation I've had in the show. I've had a couple of vegans on the show. I've had uh, plant-based. I've had... Um, you know, the paleo, I've had, I've had everybody, every, you know, get rid of gluten, get rid of dairy. I've had everyone say everything. And, and you know, yeah. I've, I've listened with an open mind and, and I, I know people out there are listening and, and it's assisted some people, but, um, I think you're the first person that I've had on the show that that's connected it all in a way where you, you don't have to just hear someone say oh i i cut gluten out i cut meat out i i did this i did that and um because i guarantee you right now if you go to a, a, a vegan tiktok account or vegan ig account it would say oh i went vegan and this this and this happened changed my life go to the same go to another account that is i went Meat-based. I went protein-based. I make carnivore, and, 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 and I, I feel great. And I this, this, yeah. this, and and I, and it's like, oh man, like, oh, and it's like the, people get confused, yeah, they, they get confused, right? I'm like, what am I gonna do, right? Oh, it's and and finally, I, I listen. I'm not not like if someone has a a fitness story, a health story that has worked for them, I don't mind you sharing. Like, I want you to share it because someone may benefit from it. However using that personalized, unique approach. Because I'll be honest with you, like gluten does nothing to me. Like I eat gluten and I'm good. Now, put ice cream in front of me and like it just messes up my stomach. It's terrible. It's it's horrible. And um, I'm saying that and I indulged myself and had a little cookies and cream last night and my, <laughs> and my stomach was <laughs> killing me. But that's not every night. However, you know, when... You know the, the 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 kind of the not the last thing, but one of the things I want to move into is you've you've mentioned hormones, you've mentioned sexual health, you've mentioned kind of brain health, you've mentioned all that stuff, and we cannot talk about the brain and our mental health without at least 
you know, diving into sleep. And <clears throat> like I've said plenty of times on this show, it's amazing the people you talk to because everyone gets back to what are you putting into your body, how are you treating your body, and then how are you resting? Like yes. we can we can go round and round about this works for me that that blah blah blah. End of the day, it's like processed foods, get rid of them, um, disconnect, do it, and then get good sleep. So how and we're going to bring it all back together because how does your gut health and how you eat with the gut in mind affect your rest and how you sleep? Yes. So with the gut microbiome, I like people and I teach people about the circadian rhythm. So if you want to have a good night's sleep, we got to, every organ in our body have their own clock, right? They do different functions during the day and during night. And then if we want to have a good night's sleep, at least we should have our last meal of the day two to three hours before we go to bed. If we want to have good sleep, because when you're sleeping, you don't want to be using that energy to digest, right? So if digestion takes two to three hours and then you're sleeping, instead of using that time to repair, that's what sleep does to us, to repair, to rest. Then you're having three hours of digesting the food while you're sleeping, maybe some acid reflux that can happen. And then five hours of rest of resting and regeneration instead of eight, just, just to give you a number. Uh, sleep is so important too because um, growth hormone is released at night, so we're still releasing that, and that's our hormone of youth, of you know, repairing too. So if we're not sleeping well, we're aging more. Uh, what we put in our body, right, like the nutrients that we put, strengthening our gut microbiome, will also help us to sleep better. So all those things are connected, right? Like a poor uh, a diet that is not feeding the gut microbiome means an unhappy gut, means stress, means I can't sleep, right? It's like a whole cascade. Sometimes just the choice, one choice in the morning can continue, you know, the next choices through the day. But that's why it's so important to start the day strong, either with a motivational mindset, a video, exercise, if someone can do it in the morning or any time of the day, the important is to get it in. Right? Because exercise will also help us sleep better. And it's all connected with our gut and our health. And I, I wanted to ask you, um, and this is a direct question. I don't ask many direct questions, of kind of, but I, I wanted to ask you, because I usually take a, a fiber supplement. Is that something, I, I know as a whole, as a whole, Americans, North Americans don't get enough fiber in their diet. As a whole, yes. as an average, that is that's not me making it up. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, that is yeah. true. So I, I don't, I believe I get enough fiber. I eat fibrous, you know, fruits and vegetables, all that good stuff. And, and, um, but I do take a small, you know, fiber supplement every morning just to, to, to make sure that, um, that I stay regular and it, it honestly, it might be a mind over body thing by now because it just, it's just something I'm used to. Do you, you know, in your professional opinion, is that something that people should, you know, start doing or more look into the foods that they're eating to get their fiber? So I prefer the food approach, but if someone is not meeting at least the minimum 25 grams of fiber a day, then adding a fiber supplement will be a good idea, right? That, that's also very personalized. Some people that eat fiber might make them more constipated or aggravate their digestive issues, especially if they have bacterial overgrowth or things happening in their gut. If you put sometimes more things, it will aggravate things. So it's very personalized. Uh, I prefer foods, right? I tried my target. My minimum is 25 grams of fiber a day. And then fruits and vegetables have tons of fiber. I love pears, raspberries, have a lot of fiber, prunes, dates, uh, oranges, you know, all those stuff. You know, I eat tons of fruit during the day and I eat tons of fermented foods. Right? Fermented foods also strengthen your gut microbiome, create more diversity, lower inflammatory markers. So that combination of fiber and fermented foods is great for your gut. And if you're doing good with your fiber supplement, just keep doing it, right? If it's working, 
Don't yeah, good point. And uh, I know a lot of people know the the benefits, or I say benefits, <laughs> the outcome of, of drinking a lot of prune juice. I I want people to understand, like, don't run out and grab a big thing of pear juice either. Like, don't that is very you'll you'll understand if you <laughs> if you accidentally <laughs> slip a pot some some pear juice and drink the whole thing. So no, don't don't like be be careful. Be careful. However, as just eat the fruit, yeah, eat, eat, the, the fruit. eat the fruit. Yes, <laughs> eat, eat the fruit. Um, and something I learned recently, I did not know this before. I feel like I should. Like I'm in my forty, I feel like I should know this. When, if someone's in a, like if someone's listening to you or or or, or, or you know listening to this show and they're like, oh, I'm going to start introducing more fruit, and they start blending or juicing everything. One, they're losing a lot of the fiber. And two, they're not helping their stomach because our stomachs are made to break food down for us. And if every bit of nutrient that we're trying to intake is in a juice or a blended form, we're literally taking that away from our stomach. So I just learned that. I don't, I mean, that was crazy to me. I don't know if you want to add something to that. It's just, it, it was crazy to me because a lot of, a lot of people say, I'm going to have a shake. I'm going to, I'm going to blend this. I'm going to blend that and that. And it's, it's not always the best thing to do. No, I, I'm with you. I love, uh, I, I'm not a fan of juicing. A lot of people like doing this juicing extreme diets. And then, you know, they're, as you said, they're taking the fiber out. Um, you need that fiber. You need to chew the food. So I am a big, uh, I rather eat the, the fruit with all the fiber than the juice, the liquid from the fiber. Yeah. I think that's a, a very good point. So, um, you know, as we wind down here, I, I want to give you the floor and just um, give some people some ideas. If someone's listening and they're they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm she's right. I'm constantly drained. Um, I don't really have a lot of energy, um, and I, I really want to, you know, diversify the microbiome in my gut because people are going to start, we're going to start speaking this way, people. That's how we're going to start talking because we need to eat with intent. So yes. what are, what are some, what are some foods that people can start consuming and just what are some ways, what are some little things people can change in their day to re-energize themselves? So to re-energize and have more energy, work on your circadian rhythm, spend, try to spend more time outside. That will help uh, a, turn on your mitochondria. Right? So the mitochondria gets energy through being outside, through the sun. Of course, you're not going to roast yourself, right? But exposure to sunlight is very healing for us. So that gives us energy. Um, a lot of people are running a lot in caffeinated beverages. You know, that's the only way that they can continue through the day. So that creates more crashes. So instead of like doing uh, energy drinks through the day, maybe you got some green tea, which is great for your gut microbiome, has tons of polyphenols. And studies have shown that it also helps burn fat. So instead of having like, a, you know, those things that are going to put you like on edge all day, you know, winding it down a little bit and focusing on the gut microbiome sleeping so going to sleep at the same time every day and waking up at the same time will reset your circadian rhythm so it will help you have more energy through the day right a lot of people go to bed with their phones or you know until midnight or they're watching shows really late at night and then you are already <clears throat> not uh, honoring your circadian rhythm right for what I have done, and this is a little tip for people that want more energy and want to sleep better, I started wearing uh, blue light blockers at night. So as soon as there's the sunset hits, so as soon as dark, it's, it's dark outside, I put my glasses on. Now, even if I'm, my kids there, they, they play sports. So I used to be where I am on, on the parks I, until 9, 10 p.m. with those very fluorescent lights and it would take me like an hour to go to bed after the games. And I was tired. And then I'm like, well, maybe it has to be something with the light. So I purchased these glasses and I'm like, okay, let me start wearing this. Now in five minutes, I go to bed, right? Because I am helping my brain, my circadian rhythm to recognize, okay, there's no blue light. It's not light anymore. It's dark. I'm going to start producing melatonin. 
so you can start your process of going down to going to sleep, right? So if people are lacking energy, we have to think about how's your sleep? Are you sleeping good through the night? I like to use a tracker. I have an aura ring to track my sleep. So that has been uh, very powerful in improving my sleep. So that's a, a great tip for people to start doing. Um, nutrition, feeding the gut. I call the gut microbiome the boss. If the boss is angry, he's going to let us know. He's going to be like, okay, you're not feeding me. I'm hungry. Here you go. Get some constipation. Get, get an autoimmune disease. Issues with your hormones. I'm going to make you sad right now, right? Because he's upset, right? The, the boss is upset. So we got to feed the gut. We talk about, you know, be sure that you're heating at least one gram of protein for your ideal body weight, right? Because if you're exercising, you, know, you need to replace that muscle especially if you're running and lifting weights, as we age, you know, we lose muscle. So we want to replace that muscle. Now we think about the gut microbiome, right? And also protein has a very important task in our body because protein also it's a carrier for helping detox our body, to create more muscle, right? To keep our blood sugar stable, okay? And then the second one, fiber, fruits and veggies to nurture our gut microbiome, fermented foods, kefir, <clears throat> um, sauerkraut, kimchi are really good, yogurt. And then um, then we talk about, I don't know, what the other, what other thing we talk about for the gut, right? Yeah, for the, just yeah, re-energize and... and, and re-energize, re that was the word. Uh, we talk about the circadian mm -hmm. rhythm, we talk about the gut, we talk about sleep. And I think that's, that's yeah. to start... Mm -hmm. And the, the best thing is that when I work with my clients one-on-one, while we wait for lab results, those are the things that we start working, right? Because until I get the lab work, I, don't, I can't personalize it. But at the beginning, we start with nutrition, we start with lifestyle changes, and within 30 days, people are like, oh my God, I feel so great. And we haven't even started, right? So that's the beauty of doing small changes will bring great results. So for some people, that's all you need. You might not need to do more stuff. Some people need a more personalized approach. Maybe their adrenal, their cortisol needs some help. Their sex hormone needs help. Maybe they have an overgrowth of bacteria. Maybe they have parasites, right? And that's the cause of their autoimmune issues, of their hormone issues, their food sensitivities. Um, so it's um, maybe it's the mitochondria. Now your mitochondria, it's the, your battery. So if someone has very low energy and is having some thyroid issues and is gaining tons of weight, then you have to think about, okay, what's happening with the thyroid? What's happening with the mitochondria? Are your batteries running low? Then we got to look for root causes. You know, there's tests that we can do to check for the health of your mitochondria. And if your mitochondria is healthy, we can regenerate your mitochondria. And then all the other systems also are going to work, right? We also, not only the gut, we also have to think about your cell membranes, toxins, all those things can impact your gut microbiome, your overall health, and make you feel very tired. Like I remember in my case, after I had my son, I got really tired, really fatigued, uh, a lot of hormone issues, my digestive issues got worse. And then the first thing that I started doing was working on my gut microbiome, working on my adrenals, working on my mitochondria, sex hormones. And then, you know, it's like a combination of all. And then now I can, I have energy all day. In my 30s, I was not like that. So we can get better, right? And now we have seen that we, some people are even, are even, um, decreasing their biological age. So chronologically, they might be 60, but biologically, they're 40 right? That's possible, right? We have that capacity uh, of getting better and healing. We just have to invest in ourselves, invest in our health. Mm. That was going to bring the best return of investment because if you're unhealthy, how you're going to produce more? How are you going to be there for your family? You can't, you're just going to burn out. You said it, that last part, invest in yourself, prioritize your own health. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people still, we talk about stigma with stuff. A lot of people still have a hard time saying, I'm going to take care of myself. Some, you know, people still have a hard time saying that, you know, I, I have to, I have to give everything I have to my kids, to my husband, to my wife, to my family, to my friends, to my job. It's like, you got to invest in yourself. 
Like you can't do any of that other stuff. 100%. <laughs> you can't do any of that other stuff. Uh, yeah, you can't pour from an empty thing. cup. Have you been li you've been listening to my sh like? Uh, okay, you now you're now now. Okay, I see what's going on here. Uh, first of all, you've, I, I know you've been spying on me because you're talking about the looking at the phone late at night. I may or may not have done that last night. I was bad. I apologize. <laughs> then, but um, Dr. Rosemary, this has been great. Um, how do people find you online? And I heard you may have a code for some of our listeners. Yes, so people can find me online on Dr. Rosemary Rutecki. Uh, if, if you go to Instagram, it's Dr. Rosemary underscore Rutecki. My website is drrosemaryrutecki.com, and that's all the information. And I also, because I'm very, I want to help people. I want to make functional medicine affordable and have people, you know, get to know it and see the benefits from it. I created an online course. And that online course pretty much walk you through all the gut reboot, lowering the inflammation, lifestyle changes. So we touch little pieces here and there, but in the course you have like a whole complete program with recipes. Uh, we got a Facebook group. You get a one-on-one -on -one call with me. So it's very affordable. It's a $97 course. And for your listeners, we have a code uh, 6 a.m. run that will give you $10 off the course. So it will drop it down to 87. And there's so much value. And investing that little amount of money, I promise you, that will change your life if you do it. I, I definitely believe her. And thank you so much. Uh, Coupon code will post that in the show notes. As I say all the time, you can stop the show right now. You can pause it and just go to the show notes and find it just so you don't forget. But Dr. Rosemary, this has been amazing. I appreciate you and all the things that you are doing. I think you're adding a lot of value. And let's be honest, you're saying it in a sensible, practical, very relatable way. You're not talking over anybody's head. You're not using buzzwords. You're not doing any of that stuff. You're taking a unique, personalized approach. And I really think more people should be doing that um, instead of just yes. trying to sell a $200, you know, fitness course for, you know, just to get people into the door and then upsell them like you're from from your history and what you, you know, did with your daughter and what you've done with yourself, like you want to do that for other people. Or let me let me rephrase that you want to help others do that for themselves. So, yes. yes. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of the show. We appreciate you. You take care of yourself and good luck and uh, in the future. And I hope that uh, that you continue the success and bring a lot of joy to people's lives. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6AM Run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AM Run to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.